This is the ERP Advisor. Today's episode, Legacy Software Review, Microsoft. Sean Wendell is one of our speakers for today. Sean is the founder and managing principal of ERP Advisors Group based in Denver, Colorado. Sean has over 20 years of experience in the enterprise software industry. Carly Shuby is our guest today. Carly is a consultant at ERP Advisors Group and has brought her background and experience in accounting and customer service to our team. On today's call, we will explore the landscape of Microsoft legacy software and provide an outlook for the future. Carly and Sean, thank you so much for joining me today. Hello. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, happy to have you. So, okay. So today we are continuing our series review of the different legacy software applications. And today is Microsoft. And this is a big one to cover because Microsoft has an incredible legacy of software that seems to have roots in so many different software platforms, uh, including AX, AX, excuse me, GP, NAV, and SL. Sean, I'm going to start with you. This is huge. Um, can you start us off uh, with an overview of Microsoft legacy software? Yeah, I'm going to. Is it try. that easy? I know, right? <laughs> it's. I, I was thinking about this this morning um, on my way into work with my wife driving like very fast in her new car. Um, but but it's it's been interesting over the years with Microsoft strategy. Um, you know, Microsoft as an organization, I mean, they've, they've really just completely delivered on the productivity tools, namely Office, right, as well as Windows as an operating system over the years. And um, it was interesting to see that they had sort of um, gone through an acquisition strategy for ERP. Um, so they didn't write their ERPs back in the day, right? Now there's ton, there's probably billions of dollars with a B investment in those products. I'm certain of that. Wow. Um, but but they sort of went back, and this is what I was really thinking about was um, they went to the market and sort of looked at that time. And I'm, I'm thinking we're talking like early 2000s. Our, our mark, digital marketing manager actually put up a pillar page on our website that has much more details about this, but um, which is a beautiful site, by the way, um, because of Sean. I always got to plug Sean because he's the guy behind. You never get to see anyway. Um, but the bottom line was they went out and bought Great Plains, which had bought Solomon. Um, and then they also went internationally and looked at a company called Navision, which had bought Exapta. So they bought both organizations and got four products. And oh, by the way, built CRM too. I believe CRM is built from scratch. If there's anybody who's on the call who knows otherwise, just ping us and tell us. As I always say, Correct us, right? We're not totally like in the depths of every single apps that we work with. We don't know all the details, right? Because we do work across all the vendors, but but we do know people that do. So, but but now you so you had two different companies, four different products, and what we saw initially was was Microsoft was sort of taking the four and whoop, trying to merge them into Dynamics. Um, was this idea, this concept that we would have Dynamics? And I can remember being at a client here in Denver, company that makes. Uh, Braces. And we were looking at Microsoft products and it's like, okay, we're going to have two going forward, right? There's going to be sort of a bigger one and a little one. And um, and they're going to be called Dynamics. So we're just going to call everything Dynamics. So then you saw Dynamics AX, Dynamics uh, GP, Dynamics NAV, Dynamics um, uh, whatever I left off, and uh, SL. Mm -hmm. 
And <clears throat> that really confused the market. It was very, very confusing because the thing about all of those products is they are great install bases. I mean, there's probably folks on this call today that have been using those products for a long time. They're really strong, like durable applications that have, you know, a really uh, kind of a broad-based kind of cross-industry fit. You don't really see that with a lot of products. But anyway, so you have these great products, great market, and then Microsoft in sort of the way that Microsoft kind of does, tried to sort of, man not I shouldn't say manipulate, <laughs> that's a little too strong, but sort of tried to like change the messaging to say, hey, it's just one ERP called Dynamics, hmm. right? That was sort of the message, quote unquote, that was put out from what I observed. I've known people have worked at Microsoft for decades. They may say something different, again, say it, but that's what I observed. <clears throat> it didn't work. Hmm. There were way too many companies on GP and NAV um, internationally, you know, NAX and NSL. And these are customers that are like, I don't want to change if I don't have to. Like, I really, really, really don't want to change. So Microsoft did the right thing and said, okay, fine. We'll support all four products for a while, right? And now we're starting to see Microsoft has made a huge investment in the cloud-based products of Business Central, which was NAV sort of rewritten, Okay. <clears throat> and then also the Microsoft Dynamics 365 finance and operations or supply chain. It's sort of, and then there's other products for that. That's the bigger one. So you might hear FNO, FNSC, EIEIO, you know, <laughs> oh, 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 whatever. All the acronyms. <laughs> All the acronyms. That's right. So you might, you might hear, so there's really two Microsoft products going forward. That's what I want everybody to understand. There's just two. So then what if you're a GP customer? What if you're a SL customer, right? We just talked to a company that runs SL and they customize the heck out of it. And they're like, we don't know what to do, right? So, I mean, that's a little bit of the background, Juliet, and why this is such an interesting conversation around Microsoft is like a lot of installed customers out there, tens of thousands, I would even say 100,000 customers, literally, maybe that's a little too much, tens and tens and tens of thousands of customers that are sitting here saying, what do we do, right? And Microsoft has a migration path. We just helped a client, Carly and I did earlier this year, who's on GP, to move on to the F and O, the bigger product, really the F, finance. Um, and there was some price incentives for doing that, but it is a whole brand new implementation. So it really does leave you wondering like, okay, I could get some discounts on the software, which is actually pretty low cost anyway, but it's a big implementation. Do I change? So that's why we, I was really excited about this topic is let's give some more sort of like stable datums for people to have as they're looking at this situation. Does that, does that make sense? It makes sense. And almost to the point where, correct me if I'm wrong, that if, if they don't continue supporting what you needed to support and you have to move on and it's a whole implementation, then do you stay where you are or do you honestly find something completely different? Is that That's right? It. That's it. Now, everybody on this call has to remember, Juliet is not a salesperson for us. No. <laughs> <laughs> or a technical person in any way, right? And it's perfect because that's exactly where our real clients are in that position. Like, do we move on? Do we upgrade? What do we do? You got it. Right, right. So Carly, Sean mentioned that you were working with a client evaluating Microsoft recently. Can you share with us um, some of the experience that you've had researching that, but then also what you've learned from the process? Yeah, you know, we have um, actually quite a few 
clients that are always looking at Microsoft. It's it's a it's a name that everybody knows. So it, you almost are remiss to to not look at Microsoft, just like you were remiss to not call Kleenex when looking for a tissue. So um, you know, having a really it's it's a really solid product, and there's you really do look at both the the business central right that that smaller product. And the the larger product, the finance and something, right? Operations or supply chain, depending on the size of your organization. Um, you know, s- smaller organizations under 100 million, maybe even under 200, 300 million, are gonna want to look at Microsoft Dynamics 365 Business Central or BC. Um, the cost of implementation generally, I'm going to always say generally, right? Because there's just always some give and take for the larger product, the finances and um, operations is going to be more expensive. From a software perspective, they're actually both pretty affordable, but at the implementation is where the, there's a big difference, right? Here's my other hand, a big difference. And um, the Microsoft products, which is like kind of like a kind of what they're known for, right? Is it a, they're very it's very flexible and is really good, especially for those clients that have um, the desire to kind of do their own kind of some, their own customizations post the implementation, uh, writing some maybe some different databases, it, it, um, things like that. Like that are they really just want to be able to get in and play with it a little bit more than they they can with some other products that are a little bit more rigid and you don't have the ability to kind of dive into the data. So, um, I mean, they're just like everything, there's always pros and cons, but that's one of the pro about Microsoft that, and the familiarity in, in the user interface, right. It's, it's designed to be kind of built with their office products, their whole, their pr- productivity products. So you have a lot of familiarity from that perspective. Um, the, people that are able to do the kind of technical work, the coding and such are, um, don't have to be these like super specialized 45 years worth of experience. I may be exaggerating mm-hmm. on the 45, but like just like years and years of experience, right? You can get, you can get really solid help from like an internal IT resource perspective. Um, a lot easier with a Microsoft product. So there's some, so there's some really interesting um, bonus factors for looking at a Microsoft product. It, again, it comes down to what size that you want. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's hard to say, right? Like you can also go with that larger product and just get the finance piece. If you are more of a, you know, you don't need the kind of other stuff because you have something else running that, but there's, it, it, it is really cool kind of being able to see that. And, and there are a lot of people coming off of um, Navision or Nav and GP or Great Plains or all of the various names that you want to call it, which uh, kind of sweet stack to confuse people back in the day. Still confusing. <laughs> um, but looking at pulling all of those off, especially as Microsoft is starting to sort of play around with announcing the idea that they're going to sunset support of the product or whatever. Um, so there is some pretty interesting kind of things that it, you, if you, especially if you are on it, you should definitely always go through looking at other products, but definitely include them in your product. Cause it is a whole new product. It really is. Yeah. But if you can customize it to what you need to fit your needs right now, like, is that something Sometimes. that 
they do that different companies do? Oh, yeah. So some companies will have even customized the product themselves for mm-hmm. a specific um, vertical, um, industry vertical, such as Just Foods, which in, I bet you guessed it, Foods. Uh, <laughs> right in the name. Or um, a, a Koyago, which is built on, they're, both of those products are built on the Microsoft Business Central or BC product base. And then the Koyago has done non, it has gone gone off in the customization for nonprofit. And then you have Just Foods, of course, going into the food product line. And then you can actually do the same thing with the FNL product, where HSO and EAC, EAC 360 have customized the product for that more large scale professional services um, type of needs. But then, of course, the smaller organization that just wants to get the basic BC platform can go behind the scenes and say, I I really want to do this custom script or this table. Let me go ahead and uh, tinker with it behind the scenes for a very specific need that, that maybe that one particular client has versus an entire chain, vertical chain. Right. 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 Yeah. So with that, Sean, um, if you're going to maybe do a customization or a different installation or update for the legacy software, what sort of issues can customers expect to face? And what does the technical support look like with that? Oh, it's a good, that's a great question. Um, and it even reminds me when I first was introduced to, um, I always have to take a deep breath before I say the names, like, come on, Microsoft, right? But Microsoft Dynamics 365 AX. Right or Microsoft Dynamics three AX it was called uh, you know fifteen years ago let's say I'm one of those forty five year guys <laughs> <laughs> not really just twenty five that comes with a lot of experience right it does and a lot of freaking gray hairs I think I pull them out every day <sighs> um, no but but it's interesting because the the that AX platform which then evolved to Dynamics three sixty five finance and operations, finance and supply chain, it was really built to be a custom platform. And, and you know, if you look back, I think in maybe the mid 2000s, I think when you really started to see that platform come into the market, um, at that time, a lot of organizations were going through upgrades and stuff from SAP and some of the bigger, even JD Edwards or Oracle. And the upgrades were a nightmare because they had all this custom stuff. Well, Exapta, AX, FNS, uh, FNSE, whatever, I'm just going to say FNO. That's it, FNO, finance and operations, make it simple. Um, but but that product was actually architected in a way where clients could layer in their own technology and it it wouldn't, their own customizations and it wouldn't impact the core on an upgrade. So you could upgrade the core and then your customizations would just move along with it. It's never that easy, but that was, it was architected with that concept in mind. And, and so that product in particular, um, it's really geared towards those, those organizations, like Carly said, where uh, like we're talking to a pro-serve company right now that is looking at taking a line of business app that they run um, for insurance adjusting. And they're like, hey, maybe we should rewrite that in uh, Microsoft, right? They're looking at several options with several different vendors. Um, but it's a really interesting option because now the total cost of ownership of the technology apps that we have is cheaper, right? Like, like uh, uh, we only buy LG TVs, 
like like Eric and I, right? For our house, for the office, whatever, because it we know the remote mostly. <laughs> um, and so once you get to know that technology in multiple places, it's just cheaper to just run. So that FNO platform provides that capability. But but like Carly said, you know, Business Central, which is the smaller app, is available for extension also. And and the beauty of both of those products is that they're Microsoft-based. And a lot of people know Microsoft technologies versus say a you know, a workday or whatever, where there's just less people that that do the implementation. So, you know, it's they're good products for extensibility for sure. And even to the point where, uh, like Carly said, some implementation partners said, well, we're doing the same extensions or customizations for all of these clients in architecture, engineering, construction, AEC. So why don't we just like bundle all that code that our clients just paid us to write, but we're going to take the IP on it, watch those contracts. Um, and then we'll resell that to, to, to future clients. So good extensibility for sure um, as, as platforms. Yes. So continuing on with that, Carly, um, and also with continuing on with your experience working with our clients, um, can you talk to us about implementation partners with industry-specific solutions for Microsoft products? Um, yeah. So in like as a kind of like an overarching thing, there are a lot of Microsoft partners. There's a lot. Yes. It, it's a very... Um, I think if we haven't hunted, it's a like I said, it's a very straightforward product. It's a household name, and um, it has that customization, um, well, easier ish <laughs> customization. That was a lot of uh, extras. So there a lot of there's a lot of partners out there, and there's a lot of partners that kind of will say, "Hey, we do it all," and then you have some partners that are saying, "Like just food, I only do food." Um, and or nonprofits or, or construction or professional services or manufacturing and then getting way down into micro verticals of each of those. Um, and it's, it really comes down to uh, when you're looking for a partner, <laughs> looking to see what their relevant experience is, what maybe what location they're located in. Um, sometimes it's important to the client that their partner is in the same time zone or um is able to have kind of a much more broad reach because they have six, 10, 20 locations in the US or globally. So there's big and small partners that kind of range through the whole, through the whole um, kind of gamut. And uh, you can get like a single shop, a single shingle, single shingle shop uh, to, to big giant global organizations um, that will help you do all of this from a both from like a technical perspective, but then also from an implementation perspective and the sales. And there's just, there's some really interesting options out there. And it comes down to um, digging through kind of the research um, and finding that particular one where you fit in the most with. And and do you guys click? Because sometimes they, sometimes you, they'll have just the most amazing technical techniques, technical expertise, but they're too technical for you, mm-hmm. right? You, you're saying, hey, I want to make a, a chair. And they go, okay, so we need to first take the, I don't know anything about chair making, but that was a bad example. <laughs> but all of the tools and all of the names and, and you're going, okay, I, what? You're not really understanding each other. So it's finding the expertise, but then also finding the expertise in a way that you guys can communicate to each other so that um, 
you know, everyone's got a personality and you got to be able to, you got to be able to, to mat, mush max mix with them all. So, yeah. You know, I think Carly and, and Juliet, I, I would add to that, that um, as I'm sort of thinking through the different apps in the market that we work with, um, you know, if I think about M4, SAP, NetSuite, Oracle, Workday, um, you know, Unifor, I mean, I think of uh, uh, Sage, all the Sage products, probably Sage and Microsoft are similar this way, actually. But the Microsoft partners have usually been around for a while. They, they have more um, experience in, in different industries and have helped clients solve different business problems, for sure which is a great thing, honestly. And it's one of the factors that we use. I should just say Carly, because she does all our selections, um, but that we, that Carly uses, we use to sort of determine the right fit for an implementation partner with a client on the Microsoft side, especially because they've done all the vertical, you know, the industry experience, and then even down to micro vertical level. Um, and it's a really, a, it's, a, it's, it's a differentiation of the Microsoft products. Actually, we're seeing that even at this the services firm globally that we're, you know, frankly, the partner solution is like spot on. It's like perfect, right? But can it scale to the next size? And there's other considerations that we're th- thinking with, especially if anybody's on the call from that particular client or that particular partner. We're not there yet, but um, they are going to probably be a finalist, though. But, but the point of what I'm trying to say is, is just to reiterate what, what Carly said, that you really take the time to get to know the Microsoft partner and don't just go with the first firm that you end up with, right? So sometimes uh, I'm not going to say any names, even though I really want to, but I'm not going to. Sometimes our clients will go to somebody who's a trusted advisor for some other relationship, like an accounting firm. There, I said that. And, oh yeah, we do Microsoft. Okay, great, well, let's go for it. Okay, well, our, you know, our rates are here and you know, we, have, we have some industry experience. Okay, fine, let's go, that doesn't matter, great. And then you know, they call us, the client calls us later and says, oh, we, the project went terrible and da 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 We went with our accounting firm because of, we have a relationship and it was a terrible project. Don't do that, don't do that. Your accounting firm may be the absolute right partner to go with, right? But just ask about industry experience specific to what you do as an organization and um, you know, get to know the implementation team. That's what we say for everybody, but it's really applicable in this Microsoft space because there are companies that just do Microsoft implementations uh, that are independent companies that are, you know, 25, 50 people and up, you know, hundreds of people that have great, great experience that you maybe are never going to hear about unless you do a little bit of research. So you can go online and you can type, you know, Microsoft Dynamics 365 ERP and then put in your industry and you would be amazed what comes up after that. That's a trick that we do, frankly, because there's so many partners. We also call uh, our 1-800-Microsoft guy named Clint say, Clint, here, we got this kind of client. Who do you think we should go with? And they're this size and all this other stuff. And we also do our own research and just based on our own experience, because it's a really nice differentiator for the Microsoft products are the implementation partners. Right. Well, that seems to be a recurring theme on any call we have had, honestly, in the several years we've been doing this, is that the implementation partner is pretty much key to success because you have to work with them and trust them to be successful and have it go 
how you need it to go, right? And you don't want to have to change partners in the middle of it, right? Then what? Yep. That's exactly right. Yes. So that's a a huge recurring theme we have seen through the years, no matter what we're talking about. And data migration. That's right. Data migration too. Exactly. So listen, we had a question come in. Um, Does Dynamics 365 have an out-of-box ASC 842 revenue rec module or similar yet, or is it still customization only? Great question. Is that something that you can answer? Nope. I have no idea. Okay. Honestly, if we would have talked about ASC 606, yes, but I, I don't know about this particular pronouncement. Okay. Well, maybe we can do some research on, and we'll um, get back and totally touch. Yeah. Sure. And it's, it's interesting because, so, so I'm going to, okay. I try to give you all like tips and tricks, right? When we do these calls, I really, really do want to help, right? We, that's why we do this whole thing. So here's how we will find the answer to that question. I'm going to, like, it's the, it's the, you know, confessions of an ERP advisor. I would say two out of 10 questions, we don't have a clue. We still look at like, hmm, that's interesting. I'll get back to you. And then I'm like, ah, how are we going to find out? Here's how we'll find out. Um, the first thing, the first part of this question is it does say Dynamics 365. Remember, when you say Dynamics 365, that's like, uh, it, you can't say that, right? It's Dynamics 365 Business Central mm-hmm. or Dynamics 365 Finance and Operations, two completely separate code bases, Right. And chances are the more complex stuff, especially around accounting, is going to be handled in, Carly? Dynamics 365, finance and something. That's right. Unequivocally, right? Before Business Central, Microsoft Dynamics 365 finance is going to have it. So great. Now we say, hmm, which partners have we worked with that are really strong on the financials of Microsoft Dynamics 365 finance and something? And we, I would probably think of the firm that we just did, um, you know, a quarter billion dollar hospitality company with that's international. And that name of the company was Arbella. Yes. So we would call Arbella. We'd say, hey, guys, just, how's it going? You know, da, 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 da. hey, we got this question. What do you think? And they're like, blah, here's the answer. Okay, well, do you have something that can substantiate that? Yeah, here's a white paper or whatever. Cool. And we find out the answer. So that's sort of the secret that we have is that, um, again, not knowing the apps down to the feature function level at that level, but we know the right people to call that we can trust. Um, and by the way, if our belly gives us the wrong answer, we'll never work with him again. Right. And they just got, you know, like a million dollar deal in a couple months ago. So um, it's sort of a good way to use us anytime. So we will take this question and we'll find out and get back to you. Yeah, we will definitely reach back out. So moving on, um, Sean, I want to ask you about CRM, uh, Microsoft CRM and HCM. Can you speak to the terms of feature functionality if people are interested in that? Yeah. Um, so, so again, CRM is a separate platform from Business Central and Finance and Operations. So separate product, right? And again, if I'm saying this wrong, definitely Carly say, Sean, um, but but if anybody's on the call and they have a different viewpoint, tell us. But that's what we're observing, right? It's a separate product, but it comes fully integrated out of the box with the Microsoft products, especially F&O. So, but now is there an additional charge for that integration? I'm not sure, but it's part of our due diligence process is that we like figure that out. But you have DCRM, which honestly, um, D365 CRM, is really the only major competitor to Salesforce. 
Interesting. It really is. Like there's no other product that it has the platform capability that Salesforce does and the scalability of size. So um, that's, that's a great solution to look for as an alternative to Salesforce. Um, and the fact that it can be fully integrated into a single platform with the ERP products, there's a lot of the same technology underpinning. It's all Microsoft, right? Now, are there two different instances that are running? Again, I, you know, my experience has been yes, but we're about to actually go way under the covers with them. And so we can put out a pronouncement on that for sure. But, um, but it's a strong product, very configurable, and um, can meet lots of different industry needs um, for sure. And again, benefit is same sort of plumbing uh, or same technology underpinning that then can be plumbed in well with ERP. Now, HCM is very interesting. Um, if you had asked me a question, that question like a year ago, I would have said, what are you talking about, right? There's no HCM for Microsoft. Well, it actually is. And um, it's, it's uh, one of the vendors we recently worked with said, look, if you're, if you have a, if you're a company coming or a or nonprofit organization or government municipality, whatever you are, if you're coming off of Ceridian, ADP, um, Ultipro, um, you know, any, any sort of a common human capital management platform, right? More than just payroll, you're probably going to not like uh, Microsoft HCM yet. It's being developed. Um, but if you don't really have much in place now, just payroll systems, and you do want to have sort of that, you know, employee lifecycle core HR, really core, um, it's not a bad solution. Beats a spreadsheet, right? So, um, so we expect that product to definitely be um, to evolve over time for sure. But again, the benefit there is the single platform of Microsoft with your ERP, CRM, and HCM, um, that, that's very compelling on a flexible platform that folks know. And you can go and get a Microsoft developer for a reasonable amount of money versus some of the bigger ERP vendors. Right, right. So, Carly, let me ask you this. If someone is looking to upgrade um, from a legacy Microsoft product, can you talk to us? I, I know this is a big question, but like, what's involved with that? Um, that's a, that's a good question. And there, there's a lot involved, uh, you know, kind of the very first one is what are your needs? What are your requirements? What are you looking for to get out of your software? And then it's to go look at the products out there on the market. And, um, you know, I think we, I think and something that we've said throughout, don't just look at the next level up if it's going to be an entire new implementation, which Microsoft would be if you're coming off of a legacy app, right? It's a whole new product. So go look at other products out there, right? Don't just look at the, the, the next Microsoft product. Don't not include it, mm -hmm. uh, but see what's out there and, and recognize that uh, it's, it's never... No implementation is ever as easy as they say. <laughs> and that um, an upgrade or an uplift still is an implementation and it still needs to be kind of looked at from all angles to make sure that you're really thinking through the, the requirements that you need from a software. Does it really meet those requirements uh, from a 
from an implementation partner, from uh, your perspective? Are you trying to make a square peg round hole scenario? Or are you really thinking through the product and um, recognizing something that's really interesting about Microsoft and a lot of other partners too. I don't want to, you know, dismiss that, but Microsoft have, has like this. Um, so they're kind of the, the sun, right? And they have all of these different bolt-on products orbiting them. And you can say, oh, hey, I need this specialty QMS program or this specialty project management or this specialty, this or that. And there's probably going to be, and we say fully integrated, right? With a little bit of air quotes, right? But uh, it'll be much more integrated than just randomly finding an app out there in the, in the market. It's kind of, I forget the exact word, so please forgive me. And like Sean says, we're willing to be corrected, but the, the Microsoft marketplace, right? So you go out there and you're like, hey, Microsoft marketplace, I need an app that does this and that. And then you can find a bunch of different apps and they're going to be more closely integrated and fully functioning with, right? Marry, marrying up the products with the actual Microsoft core product. So you can be able to, um, not have to spend an exorbitant amount of time putting them together from the back end. Mm -hmm. So that's something unique. And that's something to also look at, right, for yourself, how many of that. And then when you also just, you know, like I said, just right sizing your, your, your selection, don't go, don't go so low into the business central market. If you're have these more complex robust, deep requ uh, accounting requirements or um, supply chain requirements, right? You might actually have to go to that next level up to get that requirements from the, the finance and operations or finance and supply chain product, right? You know, you don't want to go too low. And then same with the other way. You don't want to go too high. You want to make sure that you're not going, oh, we want it all. And then you buy it and it's like only 60% used and you have a bunch of stuff you're not using. And because it does cost more and the implementation costs more and it's a lot more to maintain. And, you know, it, so there's always those nuances. And I, and I guess I would just say kind of if you're, when you're, when you're coming off of a legacy app and you're looking for a next, your next evolution, look both within the, the Microsoft world and without, because it um, outside, sorry, not without look within the Microsoft world and outside of it, because there's, going to be some options that weren't available 15, 20 years ago when you first got on the product. Right. right. And that's due diligence for any software platform, yeah. for any company, Absolutely. any needs, right? It's just finding out what you need and what works for your company. But, yeah. but I do think, you yeah. know, I feel like I'm in the dark here. Hello? <laughs> <laughs> I turned the lights off, but maybe that wasn't the right thing. Anyway, um, the with the Microsoft specific though, Carly's right because several years ago, right? You basically had the mass products and the Microsoft, uh, Great Plains and Solomon, right? 15 years ago, 20 years ago, probably even earlier than that, really. There weren't a lot of tier two or tier three ERPs that you could choose from. Everything was bigger. You know, JD Edwards was kind of in there, maybe a little bit bigger, but that's not the case anymore. There are, there are several really strong ERP applications that meet that we call it tier two, right? Where it's accounting and then like, you know, several other areas of the business can be automated with these applications. 
Um, and they can handle things like multi-currency, multi-company on the accounting side, internal controls, SOX compliance things. And so there are more options in the market today than, than there used to be um, when a lot of clients only had the option of Great Plains and uh, Mass 90, say. Right, right. So I think we're kind of coming to the end of our time. Um, so just wondering, like any final words, because I know we could just continue this conversation for ever, right? But just maybe so like a few final words on like, if someone is thinking of staying, like doing the bolt-ons, upgrading, what have you, or just trying to find something else, what would you say? I can I can offer a couple of things. And then Carly, definitely feel free to... Um... So some common pain points that we see that lead to uh, moving, okay? GP is multi-company, right? GP um, requires different instances of the app, different databases for each company, which the modern apps don't. That, that world goes away, right? You don't have to maintain the same chart of accounts and da-da-da-da-da. And there's tools that can help you manage that in the GP world and partners, frankly, that we know that can help clients with that. But... Um, there comes a point I'm thinking of a hospitality company we worked with um, that's probably still on GP, um, but but they uh, they had you know 75 basically instances of the software, and then there was a tool that would sort of help them with consolidation. Um, that is that's the old way of doing things. So that's a big reason why companies get off of GP. Um, you know the the nav world was very manufacturing centric for sure very international use. Um, um, we haven't really talked to a client on NAV in a while. Um, uh, well, actually, that's not true. We had a laser engraving machine company recently that was on NAV. And um, they liked the flexibility of it, but they knew that it was end of life. And and that, that I mean, again, that's applicable across all of the acronyms, you know, AX, you know, NAV, GPSL. And so for them, they really did need to look outside um, um, for either the upgrade or for another app. They happened to choose an Infor product. Um, on the, the SL side, that one is, is, is um, interesting because there's not a lot of folks that support SL, like mm-hmm. at all. We happen to know a couple people <laughs> And that we sort of covet them, right? For clients are like, I am on SL. I don't want to change. Is there anybody out there that can help? Um, we do know some people that have that expertise for sure, right? Because we don't want you to change unless you have to and yada, yada, yada. You know, the thing we always say about that, don't change unless you have to, right? And it's true. But um, so that's a tricky part on the SL side is like, I need somebody to come in and write a custom report or do something for me. Okay, good luck finding them because they all moved to NetSuite or Acumatica or the Sage products. Um, and then from a um, an AX perspective, Exapta, um, it's sort of the same thing there where um, that is an easier migration over to FNO or FNSC. So a lot of the folks that we used to go to for AX, a lot of those implementation partners have actually been bought, which is very interesting. And they've been rolled into very large consulting firms. And those larger consulting firms are pushing their people to get onto the newer products so they can stay relevant in the market. So you do have sort of the same thing where there's not a lot of folks that support these the legacy products. Um, but, you know, for AX, like whenever our clients selected AX, we always said, don't just select AX. You got to get a guy or a gal 
that you're going to hire full time that's going to help you with the care and feeding of this thing. Like you want that person on staff. Um, and so even those people have started to move on to other technologies. So and could be F, F and O. So those are just some of the concerns that that I see in the market on those four products that folks should keep in mind that it is probably time to look at some more apps. Yeah. Carly, mm-hmm. what about you? What are you seeing? Kind of just like a general trend of what I mean, I will I will you know, 100% reiterate the Great Plains GP product being the multiple instances for each one that use it. Carly was a user. I, I was a user. Yep. Um, I also, from having the accounting background, I'm always like, have a little, keep a little piece of my heart in the accounting, but having to pull like reports and books and accounting and all of the information from piece by piece by piece, or have an extra kind of, I call it like the data sucker, you know, like coming out of it. it it's, it's painful. And you don't have to anymore. You just don't. <laughs> and and that's pretty much across the board with all of the new apps. And just from like a kind of a best practices on a sunsetting thing, you know, we, we do always say don't change unless you have to. Don't change at the last minute. Yeah. Because you don't want it to break and it be gone. Um, so give yourself some breathing room. Uh, to to really be able to go out and do the due diligence of, of evaluating software, being able to implement, being able to just have, like I said, a little bit of breathing room. I mean, the last thing you want to do is have an uh oh moment, and you're so, the so, you know you're like, well, just keep staying on it. We love it so much, and then it breaks, and it's already been sunsetted, and then no one has, no one can help you fix it. And now you're like, oh my god, if we don't get something in the next like month our business is going to be shut down because it's all broken. And I mean, I'm going like, you know, nuclear there a little bit. Like you, you just give yourself some breathing room is really yeah. what I would say. You know, one, one last thing too, I, I want to be clear with everybody that, that Microsoft does have sort of a, a uh, 10 year sort of a, a window for support. Right. Um, so just because you're on Dynamics GP, doesn't mean you're going to like not get support tomorrow, right? And and you do have to ask the question of well, what version of GP are you on, because there are different horizons for sunsetting um, that that you really do have to look at. So you know your implementation partner. Here's the thing, okay? Is um, and we do the same thing, right? We when you're talking to your GP support provider, you should find out if they're also doing math. Or I'm, I'm sorry, Business Central. Um, if they're doing Business Central and they're doing GP support, there's a good chance there that they're they're going to be objective and giving you what is actually what Microsoft says. It's hard to call somebody at Microsoft and get this data, by the way. So you have to rely on your partner. Um, if you're if the partner you use today is really just doing GP and only GP, you're going to hear a different story potentially. Not that it's wrong. It's a pitch, right? Everybody's sort of pitching for what they're trying to say. So just get the actual information. You might have to call a couple different partners. You know, call us. We'll get you in touch with different folks that we work with and trust. Um, and, you know, that, to Carly's point, right, like you just don't want to be stuck at the, at the last minute. But know that, you know, there is a horizon here that Microsoft isn't pulling the plug, even though they may want to 
from a business sense because it's a hell of a lot cheaper to get everybody on these cloud products and the margins just go through the roof, frankly. Um, But they're not doing the wrong thing. They're not going to pull the rug under from people to say, hey, you know, you got to get out of this thing. And we really, really, really appreciate that from, you know, Microsoft, even Oracle, like these, these larger organizations, you know, they do a good job with that. Some of the medium-sized folks don't. They're like, yeah, you're out. Like, you got to move. And we'll talk about some of those in our next call. Um, but, you know, Microsoft is doing the right thing for the customers for sure. So just just get the data for what's real for the version that you're on. Carly, do you think that that makes sense? I mean, we've... Yeah, it was, it's just, I guess, a little bit longer of an version of what I'm saying. But yeah, yeah. they're not... It's not... You're not going to get kicked off tomorrow. Right. But don't dismiss looking at tomorrow, um, just start looking, give yourself the breathing room. That's the kind of the, the point. Uh, that That's that's like multi-million dollars worth of value right there because unfortunately we do have clients that come to us at the last minute and, and there's no negotiation room, right? So the longer the time period you have, the longer more choices you have, the better you can negotiate. That's right, that's right. No need to panic, right? Right, but be prepared. Well, a lot of good advice. Thank you for sharing all that. And thanks again for your time um, meeting with me today. So thank Thank you. you. Yeah. Thank you, everyone, again, for joining us for today's call. Please let us know if you have any questions. You can call us, email us. We're happy to help in any way we can. Just let us know. Uh, Join us for our next call scheduled for Thursday, June 10th, when we continue our legacy software review focusing on SAP. Please go to our website, erpadvisorsgroup.com, for more details and to register. ERP Advisors Group is one of the country's top independent enterprise software consulting firms, advising mid to large-sized businesses on selecting and implementing business applications, including ERP, CRM, HCM, business intelligence, and other enterprise applications, which equate to millions of dollars in software deals each year across many industries. This has been the ERP Advisor.